and welcome to Imagine Me and Utina, a revolutionary girl Utina podcast. I am Panda. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing all right, actually. Today we are here to talk about one of the manga side story chapters, A Deep Azure Shadow, the Jury and Ruka manga side chapter. And here to help us talk about that is our friend Purpled. How you doing, Purpled? I'm doing good. Yeah. I am doing just great here on this uh, beautiful Monday evening. It won't be Monday when the episode comes out, but the listeners don't need to know that. Uh, Since this is your first time on the show, before we get started with talking about the chapter, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with Revolutionary Girl Utena? Pretty much I've been into Utena for about five years. Started about junior of year of high school, and so I watched it and then it was kind of like a new door had opened up to me and like oh my gosh these characters are so good and oh my gosh all of this symbolism (laughs) and it's crazy and weird and what the hell what is this and so I kind of got like swept away by it for a few years it's something that actually has been a really big influence to me creatively yeah yeah well one it's the reason why i make amvs because i like the idea of like characters the thing that came across me first was characters being kind of like actors in a theater and stuff like that and so i was just like oh i can do whatever i want with these characters and i came away with it with a really depressed reading of the end yeah and so for like the first year, I was so sadistic to Anthe oh, no. um, in all my fan works. Oh, yeah, what do you mean by that? Literally, the first AMV that I posted was of her committing suicide. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, that's intense. Yeah, it was um, mostly focusing on Utena's lack of like noticing things until it was too late. Yeah, I can see that. And and so what if she didn't save her? And so that was what that was about. What uh what song was that that you used for that? It was if you remember. Gosh. I mean, I know this was probably it, a few years ago. <laughs> it was Studio Killer. Um it was flawless. Okay. So it's like how can you be so flawless and then it has it backwards and pretty much it was Utena being the part where it's how can you be so flawless and then it was like a direct reflection of how she sees Akio and Dios and how Akio and Dios um, had a negative impact kind of like the exact opposite impact on um, Anthe Um, yeah I mean obviously it was kind of biased for like the story but sure it's kind of interesting to look at it when you see Akio and Dios as trying to see the as a print despite like looking at the like kind of looking past all the bad details and trying to put all of this on one person but oh, that's really interesting you uh you said that you came away with a pretty grim view of the end of the series is that still how you see the series or at least its ending no i actually have a really really positive view of the series now oh what what made that change just the whole idea that for something to end well you don't have to see the results of it really generally revolutionary girl lieutenant is the kind of series where you're focusing more on the characters themselves rather than the world 
around them, like plot-wise. So I think that if you have that kind of view of, well, they have something to cling on to or something that they realize something that will allow them to be able to become a person that's like independent and being able to do what they need to do to flourish then no matter what it looks like currently in the end it will in the end it's a good ending because from there on out even if the world decides to try and turn their back on them at least they have a better grasp of themselves so yeah yeah Yeah, i can guess that you really gave me a flash from the past there when you talk about amvs like (laughs) oh gosh i remember when amvs were a thing amvs are still a thing alice yeah. AMVs are still a thing? Yeah. People still make them? Yeah. They still have AMV contests at cons. <sighs> Galaxy Brain. <laughs> yeah. I thought AMVs were had had died along with like the emo cult emo kid culture of my youth. See, here's the thing. You made the uh because we're becoming old people, Alice, you made the mistake that we make <sighs> wherein uh when we stop paying attention to something, we assume that it just no longer exists. And I find Yeah, it's not being a thing. Often not the case. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's changed a lot. Like, people aren't doing, like, Linkin Park and all that stuff. <laughs> yes. If you're not, if you're not making AMVs with Linkin Park, then why even make it? Okay, there, there are several things you make AMVs with. Linkin Park, really good rap, and, like, the absolute worst emo kid songs that, like, <laughs> oh, crap, what is it? Like, something or other. I'm blanking here because all I remember about it was that, like, Jack's Mannequin. You know what I'm talking about. Like, the ones there's, like, they got, like, an emo kid from, like, a, hard, a post-hardcore band and, like, they taught him how to play piano, but not very well. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, and They taught him the a couple of chords and a couple of scales and they just, like, locked him in a room for a couple of days and he wrote an album because that's what emo kids do when you leave them isolated for long enough. <laughs> I mean, I was going to do a Linkin Park AMV. Um, It was for a different series, but you know the pianist for Linkin Park, Mike Shinoda? Mm -hmm. Um, He went and had his own album, so I ended up doing a song from him instead. Okay. It's it's definitely on my list to do something like 2007 era with a song and Utena, but like, I just haven't, I just haven't chosen a song You gotta find the right one. Yeah, I gotta find the right one. (laughs) Um, who is your favorite Revolutionary Girl Utena character? Well, because this episode's about jury, um, <laughs> it's jury. I apologize that <laughs> this is the topic of the episode that you're on, but you also volunteered, and I appreciate that because uh, most people did not want to read this. <laughs> But what makes Jury your favorite character? Um, shoot, I'm gonna steal something from my Twitter because I made a thread on this. And essentially, well, first of all, when I first came across Jury, I thought she was really cool and how, like, the fact that she was, like, a duelist who, like, the only reason why she lost was that she just self-sabotaged herself. So if she didn't self-sabotage herself, she would definitely win it. She would be the prince and it would be perfect and the end but um no that wasn't really the case because like the dueling system what makes people lose is within the mind so mm-hmm. pretty much everybody just like self-sabotages themselves in like some way and with jury it's just a lot more um noticeable because like she has a problem with the system itself 
and like she tries to be like a person who is on top of it who plays the game to win and all that stuff but really she's just as much in the system as anyone in it um i think that's why it becomes so apparent um that even though she almost wins she never actually wins and i think a thing that i like with her now um being older and going through a couple of things is that jury is a character in which she's like the poster child for uh, progress isn't linear. Like, especially when it comes to, Mm -hmm. like, Shiori. Like, there's some episodes where it ends and she's just like, okay, I'm at this good spot. I know where I stand with this person. And I know what I gotta do and I still feel this, but, like, I'll try to work with what I have and then you come back to her and then she's fallen deeper into this kind of hole that she has and I kind of like the fact that even though she seems like somebody who has like all this stuff going for her and who's like so on top of things from the outside really she's struggling and it's hard to be able to just get over things and I like that she portrays that yeah, yeah, I definitely get that. Uh, she definitely wears her heart on her sleeve much as she would prefer not to. Yeah. So, by the way, so we're talking we're talking about Jury. I did actually want to bring up something that I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. about. Please. What, do you know what year Uthana kind of first aired? Uh, yes, it was 1998. Or nine, actually. I was I thought I was a lot more confident in that than I was. I'm gonna Google it. I think it was nineteen ninety eight because I'm like three months older than this series. Oh, actually it's uh nineteen ninety seven. And then the movie was nineteen ninety nine. That's where I got nineteen ninety nine from. Okay, then the it's manga began in uh nineteen ninety six. I asked because I was curious if there was any, like, significance of the name there. And I discovered that there is actually an actress who would have been, who was active around the time, right before they made this show. And her name is Juri Manasse. I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, M-A-N-A-S-E. Okay. What I say, And you know what she's famous for? What is she famous for? Being really good at... Like choreographing and acting with sword fights. Interesting. Yeah, apparently that's her like that's kind of like her specialty. She was actually the one that taught several of the leads in Kill Bill how to do sword fighting on stage. Well, how about that? She also is in the movie. Oh, as what? as what? she's yes. Have you ever seen Kill Bill? Yeah. Oh, she's crazy eighty eight. Huh? How yeah, about that? that? I'm pretty, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like saying that that's who they're the, where they got the name, but it's kind of funny that that's a connection I can actually make. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's nuts. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's fun. All right. I guess we've put it off long enough. <laughs> we, we have to talk about revolutionary girl Utena side story, a deep azure shadow. I don't have notes, so I'm just sort of gonna flip through this and we'll talk about the events contained in the chapter. 
All right, so uh, we open on Mickey running up to presumably Jury's uh, room. Jury is in bed where she has apparently been for a while. He begs her to open the door and says that uh, they need her, that she has to get up. For a little bit of context, this story is placed right after Jury loses to Utena in the manga. And uh, she has fallen into quite a depression and is in her bed. It's 3.10 p.m., I guess. Uh, this probably wasn't the what the original clock looked like. They probably edited that for the American release. But uh, she says it's still early. And Mickey says that a guy came by to fencing practice and claimed that he was the new team captain. And Jury's like, who the f- but so uh she goes over there and we see before she gets there we see this guy he hasn't taken his mask off but we know it's ruka we were gonna do a character episode about ruka and uh nobody wanted to if you like if you're listening and you like ruka and you want to do a character episode you can come on for the forbidden last character episode i guess we would love to have you but i tried if you're brave enough (laughs) i I tried to find somebody for a ruka episode and i couldn't find anybody so uh you know hit me up i guess it could have been this episode but oh well we see Utana is in the room for fencing practice and uh, she's marveling at the new fencer who has beaten six people in a row and Anthe seems to recognize this guy and so do Seonji and Toga. They ask what he's doing back after so long and Toga says, I don't know, but one thing's certain, this is sure to rouse Jury out of bed. Ever since Uzuna Tenjo beat her at the duel, she hasn't even shown up to school. Jury shows up in a flash of beauty. She looks really good in that the panel there where she's standing with Mickey in the doorway, very triumphant looking. And she tells the anonymous fencer that Ruka was about to fight uh, or duel, I guess. You don't really call them fights. What if you did? Jury says that he, the anonymous fencer needs to switch with her so that she's the one to go up against Ruka. And she's like, I'm team captain. Who the hell do you think you are? Walter in here like you could just take over. You can air your complaints after you show me what you've got. Let's see some action is what the other duelist says and they are dueling and uh he as he's taking off his mask he says that was a little bit of a letdown you've begun to slack off i've seen i'd say you haven't touched a sword in at least a month and we see ruka's face and he says and after all i taught you while i was captain such a pitiful waste i'm afraid you're not worthy of the title and anthe says that she had assumed that toga quit school and dropped out utsuna asks who he is and we get our introduction he is Ruka. He used to be on the student council. He was fencing team captain and then he fell ill. Uh, everyone thought Ruka had left for good, but I guess he just took an extended absence. Uh, he's the best swordsman of all. Anthe even served as his rose bride for a time. And Utena is shocked that he is this good. Apparently, Jury mentioned that she had a hero to emulate, which I guess means Ruka. I don't remember her saying that in the manga, but who knows? I can't. <laughs> uh, Mickey says, that sounds like her. I bet she liked him. And Anthony says, doesn't Jury like Toga these days? God, I hate it. 
Anthony says Toga seems to prefer Lady Utena, and Utena continues to insist that he is only teasing and doesn't mean it because Utena is the most oblivious person in this entire universe. Anthony says she doesn't think Jury sees it that way, and she's a bit on the serious side. She and Toga are. She and Ruka have their own confrontation in the locker room and she's like, yo, what the fuck? And he's like, that was a wake up call. I heard you lost to some silly girl while buying for Toga, <laughs> buying for Toga's affections. You and this Utena dueling over boys. So what's it to you? He asks her where her pride is and when she intends to duel again and she doesn't answer him. And he tells her that she's lost her focus and <laughs> And in my favorite, my favorite moment, he says, you suck, Jerry. I love how Utsuna is a sports manga now. (laughs) Jerry says, your timeout sick has made you rather spiteful, Ruka. And he says, don't blame me if you don't like the truth. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a shower. And I'm not going to repeat what he says because I don't like it. Yeah, every time Ruka speaks, I roll my eyes. He's better in this a little, but barely, honestly. Okay, really quickly, just so I like remember this correctly, this is the first time we encounter him? In yeah. the manga. And the only yeah. time we encounter him. So I didn't realize when I first read through this that this was set afterwards? You, you um... You read this before we actually got to his episode of the anime. Yeah, I did. And you know what? Um, and, and reading this first, I was shocked how awful he is in the anime. Yeah. Because I, I was expecting I him to be kind of a dick, but he's trying to do something that you can at least puzzle out and be like, mm, that was not a great plan. But at least I know that you're not like a crazy, terrible person. And it was sort of like, oh, no, in the anime, he's just, like, absolutely has no motivation other than just to just be terrible. All he does is suck, and then he dies. The end. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas, he's not exactly the greatest guy ever in the manga, but he, like, he makes sense as a character in a way that he does it in the anime. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. My perspective of him is, of course, colored by the anime, but, like, if I had only- if my only interaction with the Ruka character was reading this, I probably would not hate him as much. I would just sort of be annoyed by him. Yeah, Ruka in the manga is shoujo love interest. Oh, very. He's, I mean, I called him Toka on accident earlier because he is sort of just Toka. He's just another Toka. That's all he is. Yeah. Um, Jury, talking to herself, says that Ruka could never even begin to grasp the misery she faces each day. And she overhears uh, some girls talking about Utena and how she's in the fencing hall. And then we see Utena in the fencing uniform and she is adorable. I love this. It's good. It's very good. She looks very good in this uniform. And all the girls are me saying, we love you, Utena. You're so cool. <laughs> Ruka says, uh, all I know, it's yours for the asking, Utena Tenjo. Just don't squander it. Hold yourself just like that at an angle. Now follow each move I make. I really, I really hate this. I, I, my least favorite trope is 
man teaches woman to do a thing by being all up on her and like making the same body movements it all like nine times out of ten it's always very like patronizing in a way that i don't like yeah it's it's weird (laughs) (laughs) ruka tells utina that she has a natural talent for this and that he had heard as such and we see jury watching from behind a uh cracked door and Toga sneaks up on her and implies that she is jealous that Ruka has a new recruit on the team. And uh, he says that Utena will be an asset, don't you think? With her excellent athletic skills, he thought she should try fencing. Because he's just doing this to bother Jury. He knows that she'll hear and he knows that this will upset her because he's a little bit of a jerk. Toga says that Ruka sees a lot in Utena and she's got just has he says she's got just as much potential as Jury if not more. <laughs> Cuz Toga's an asshole. He says, "Sorry, that just slipped out. How rude of me. Not that you care anymore, right?" Okay. It's so like how uh, for this I can almost understand why people like Toka sometimes, because sometimes he's, like, such a dick in the most perfect way. They have to sort of sit back and be like, I respect this. I hate you, but I respect this. (laughs) Um, Mickey and Utna have an inconsequential conversation about Jury having stopped showing up to fencing practice and Mickey offers to practice with her one day and uh, Jury storms off and she confronts Ruka and says that he's being very petty and accuses him of doing that despite her, which he was. And he tries to play dumb. She's like, if you want the position of captain back, just say it. And he says, I don't want it back, but you can't even bother to show up for practice. Maybe I should nominate an underclassman, (laughs) Mickey Kaoru as captain. Um, I don't know that Mickey could handle the responsibility of being captain of the fencing team. No. He's... He's baby. I mean, he's also, like, how many years younger than literally everyone else at the school? Uh, well, no, he's not the youngest, like... Yeah, he's not the... uh, He's the youngest on the fencing team, though, probably. Well, we don't know about the whole fencing team. He is the youngest. That's true. He's the youngest on the student council until Naname joins the student council, at which point she is the youngest, because she is younger than him, I believe? I've always been under the impression that she was younger than him, but I don't know for certain. Me neither. I know that Miki's, like... At least a year younger than Utena. Yeah. And I think Miki and Nanmi are around the same grade, but at the same time, Miki also takes college courses, so who knows? Yeah, okay, maybe it's that he's in her grade, but I mean, uh, whatever that would mean, but he, since he takes college classes, it seems like he would be older. Since we're here to talk about this jury episode, I didn't, I don't, I'm not sure if we asked you if you had an overall impression of it before we continue. Oh, um, it happens. <laughs> kind of so-so. Yeah, it. I, I can see how it works, but, like, the whole thing with Ruka, like, I don't know, man. I would, I feel like I could, Ruka's actions just kind of confuse me. Like, I can understand it, but it still kind of confuses me. I feel like, I feel like there's a story here that actually could have been pretty good, but because... Knowing what I know now, 
that Saito is working backwards from the manga on from the anime on this one. It, I can kind of see how she's sort of constrained by what's already happened with this character. Yeah, like it seems like what she wanted to do was bring Ruka back because he's heard that like Jury, his friend and kind of protege, like has sequestered herself. That something really bad has happened, and he's like, well, you know. I don't want you to just sort of give up on this thing that you care about shows up. It's like, that's kind of, that's, that's like a, that's a common story beat, you know? Mm-hmm. And it would work a lot better if she had a little more freedom to make Ruka not a jerk. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that could have happened, but I feel like with Ruka being a jerk, see, I had to go back and look at what Jury's coffin was and it was obstinacy. And so, that's kind of what she has to work with is Jury being a really obstinate person. And I can see why not going the gentle route may not have worked with Jury. I think the thing that that kind of made it weird was just how... I guess there was too much an emphasis on the fact that Ruka actually dies, you know? Spoiler. Um, well... <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Um, I'm gonna say here, I don't think that Saito thinks that Ruka's an asshole. I think that oh. she thinks that he is, uh, employing some sort of, like, tough love, tough love type, trying to light a fire under her ass. I could see that, yeah. I, that's kind of the initial impression that I had, kind of. Because, like, I think Ruka's being an asshole, but because Saito is drawing from more traditional shoujo influence for especially a lot of the male characters in the mm-hmm. manga, I just, Ruka comes across to me like he's, like, I mean, I don't think that she thinks he's, like, a nice and warm guy but like i think that she thinks that he's just like showing her some tough love and that ultimately what he was doing was best for her because the the chapter comes out on the side of thinking that ruka was in the right that jury needed her butt kicked into gear and it was what toga did that managed to accomplish, or I say Toga again, what Ruka did that managed to accomplish this. Yeah, it's it's like Jojo tropes. I mean, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like the stuff that kind of pisses me off, but it's it's been there and people use it, so that's something to keep in mind. But I also agree that pretty much everything that Ruka says just makes me really annoyed and it and it's it's kind of like it's it's i feel like part of it isn't on purpose but like with like the with the way that we're looking through this um anime version or not just the way that he holds himself probably just reminds at least me of how some assholes act in real life so yeah absolutely Tough love is this weird, like, a weird concept where it's definitely a thing that exists. And it's definitely a thing that sometimes people meet, but... But most people who have ever used that phrase, yeah, that's not what they're doing. Yeah. And we all kind of know it by now. Like, I, I feel like that phrase has lost a lot of its actual kind of cultural weight over the years as 
society in general has become wise to the fact that actually most tough love is bullshit. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I've definitely become wise to the fact that most of the times that most of the time that you encounter the tough love concept, it is usually a smokescreen for somebody to be awful and get away with feeling like they did something good. Yeah. I think I'm seeing more stuff when whenever I see tough love being employed in like a narrative, a lot of times nowadays I'm seeing it used to sort of like react to the idea of tough love in the first place as sort of like a critique of the way that people tend to employ it, like you said, Alice. But I also uh, watch a lot more self-aware TV shows than I used to these days. So who knows? It's probably still out there in things that I'm not watching. <laughs> like, I-, I mean, yeah, it is still out there. It, it's less of a like overwhelming kind of narrative, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of on a break right now, but I read a lot of shoujo and you get a lot of protagonists that are assholes who... Who then you come back later to find out, oh, they actually were doing the right thing the entire time. And I feel mm-hmm. I feel like the thing that this um, story did different was that we didn't see it from Jury's perspective all that much, I don't think. No, not really, which is sort of unusual. Yeah, because like, there's like this whole thing where at the end... Jerry's just like, why did you do that? And usually that's um, the place in like a shoujo manga where somebody goes and tells her, oh yeah, they did all this stuff because they're actually a nice person. All their assholish um, actions actually made them right in the end and you should be thankful towards them. And that doesn't really happen <laughs> with Ruka, except it's kind of pounded into the reader's mind that hey ruka did this because he wants jury to move on so mm-hmm. you know the only story that's ever managed to hit those plot points that actually work for me what pride and prejudice i have never actually read or seen pride first off you should you should because it's one of the best novels I've ever mm-hmm. written secondly you know why it works why does it work because yeah. The character doing the whole, like, being an asshole and is revealed to actually have been good all along. He's not being an asshole because he knows better than you and trying to prove a point. He just genuinely fucked up. Yeah. And he was trying to do a good thing. And he's, that, it's it's forgiven, not excused. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and, like, I feel like that you have to kind of acknowledge that the thing done was not great in order to make this kind of story work. The story of either a sort of the miscommunication used as plot device, where there's a disconnect between the motivations of a character that are hidden and the audience and point of view characters understanding of those motivations mm-hmm. and it could be potent but if you if you don't if you don't handle that correctly you kind of end up act whether accidentally or not sending a really creepy message yeah because the way this chapter ended up it's kind of like two guys fucking with one girl yeah it's not great optics i'll tell you that much <laughs> Yeah, but I guess we should probably get back into the plot. 
Yeah, go ahead and finish that. Sorry. If we have to. uh, Which we do. Okay, so Ruka challenges Juri to a match and says that if he wins that she shall... I hate this phrasing, yield her will to his. And uh, so they make a deal and Jury's like, he's never going to fucking defeat me because I'm the best. And as she's leaving, Ruka kind of drops his facade a little and says, ah, that's the spirit. I knew she wasn't gone for good, but it's still a relief to see a glimmer of her old self again. And uh, so people are get hit gossiping about the fact that there's going to be a duel with the position of captain as uh, the stake. Uh it turns out that jury is dueling utana for some i kind of don't really i don't really understand this guys i don't really understand the situation that happens like i don't understand why utana is here i thought that did he say that he was am i i do remember that being confusing like i kind of remember like Like, am i reading this wrong i feel like the 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 page before implies that he's saying that he's going to be the one dueling, but then she shows up and, like, it's a surprise, but, like, nobody explains why Utena is here. Jury's just sort of like, oh, well, I'm here to fight somebody. Must be you. <laughs> it's really contrived. Yeah, I got a theory on that, um, but it's more meta than anything else. Give me your metas. I would love to hear this meta theory. Um, it's supposed to be a reflection of when Jury lost the duel earlier, um, in the main story. Hmm. I'll probably, like, let's go and, um, summarize this duel first and then I can point out some details. Okay, yeah, so it, Jury is dueling Utena and she says, Is it my imagination or am I fighting Ruka instead? His moves, his rhythm, just like long ago when he taught me. And we see a little flashback of Ruka showing Jury how to duel and then saying that, uh, or he, no, she wants to learn like a certain move that he does. And he's like, I don't think you're ready for it. And then he says, I have to go. And we get the backstory that he's being admitted to the hospital and he doesn't know if he's going to come back. And Jury's sad. And then we get back to the duel and we see Usuna use the move that Ruka wouldn't teach Jury. Which, by the way, that individual frame of just like... That individual panel of Utena with the, what are those things called? Foils? And like Jury is such a cool singular image. It just looks really good. Saito's art is always phenomenal. We hadn't mentioned it yet, so I had to <laughs> legally, manga law dictates that I have to say that Chiho Saito's art is beautiful if we're talking about the manga. <laughs> this is kind of true. Jury is clearly shocked that Ruka taught Utena the move, and uh, Mickey says, Wow, Utena is the winner. She just beat Jury. And Jury says to herself, that's it then, I lost. Uh, Utena says, it was pure luck. All I did was move the way that Ruka taught me. Jury says, a loss is a loss. Utena Tenju can be Captain Ruka. And Ruka says that she doesn't have to step down, but she does owe him if you want to duel her once more in the dueling field. For the power to revolutionize the world. And uh, Ruka says that if she wins, that he'll teach her how to block that attack. And he says that he knows that she can win this time and that Toga will think better of her if she does. And... (laughs) 
God, I hate this. Only I can draw your true talent. Isn't that what you want? He's such a fucking creep. I know. Uh, Jerry's like, what is he up to? And we see more flashback to Ruka teaching Jerry how to fence. Finally, I found the word instead of duel. We see Jerry beat Ruka and he says, you've beaten my best attack with the techniques we've made together. They're invent The techniques we've made together, they're invincible. And she like falls down on him and says, oh, thank you, Ruka. And they like almost kiss and then they don't. I don't like it. Ruka says, why don't we take a little break? And Jury says he looks a bit pale. And Jury's like, my heart, it's still pounding. I hate this. <laughs> um, Ruka is seen in a hallway collapsing on the ground and uh, having mysterious illness symptoms. Uh, Toga asks if he's okay. Are you sure you've gotten better? And Ruka's like, of course I am. And... Jury uh, overhears Ruka talking to Toga. Oh, that's going to be hard for me to talk about. Toga asks if it's important to make Jury duel Utena. And Ruka says, yeah, it is. Thank you, Toga, for your cooperation. Jury's finally agreed to go through with it. Her love for you, the rivalry she feels towards Utena Tenjo. Together, they have set her soul aflame. I know her better than anyone. It was easy to set her up. And now Jury's upset, rightfully, that someone was yeah, talking rightfully. about her in this manner. Because that sucks. It took her until now. <laughs> yeah, well, she's a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> Jury's like, set me up. Then it was all some kind of charade to get me to duel. And Toga's still talking to Ruka. And he says, I think the one she loves is you, Ruka. She doesn't love me. She just hasn't realized it yet. After you left, her love needed a place to go. Ruka says, even if that were true, I don't intend to go out with her. This is interesting because this touches on something that uh, has been said on the show before about Jury by controversial opinion havers, Gio and Yasha. (laughs) I think actually it may have just been Yasha or maybe both of them. Who knows? They're like a collective hive mind. But uh, when they were on the show one time, they talked about juries, like jury in the manga and jury from the anime not being that different. It's just where her love is, like where her pining is directed. It's basically the same no matter who she's in love with. Same shape, different target. Yeah, basically. Um, And that's sort of what Saito is saying here. Jury runs off, upset. Ruka, how could you? And we see briefly the uh, upside down castle in the sky, or at least like the point of it. And we're at the battle, the dueling ground, and Utena says, it's time. Are you ready, jury? I know you can do it. You can win, Ruka says. I think it's hard to tell if he's saying that or if Utena's saying that. I think he's saying that. I'm going to make that call. But instead of dueling, Jury drops her sword on the ground and Utena's like, what the fuck? And Jury says, no, we're not dueling. I won't duel Ruka. I don't want the power to revolutionize the world. I'm not a tool to prove your expertise. I'm fine just the way I am, which I love. 
and Ruka tries to stop her from leaving and she uh, hits him in the face, which is great. Love that. She's like, how could you do this? It's very satisfying. I had nothing but respect for you and you were laughing behind my back. Jury, the girl who's only good for one thing, fighting. And Ruka says, that's not true. But I mean, it, I mean, you did. You yes. were just talking about her, guy. You were just doing that. Into her face, too. Yeah. God, Ruka's an idiot. I guess I'm not making it very welcoming to the hypothetical Ruka fans that I did invite <laughs> on the show. I'm sorry. I promised to be nice. Are there Ruka fans? You can blame it on me. <laughs> I know they exist. I just haven't talked to them. Talk to me, please. Ruka fans. Have you considered the fact that maybe they don't? Maybe they don't. If I don't hear from anyone, I'm going to just assume they don't exist. So if you're listening and you think maybe I did hear from someone and I am going to believe that Ruka fans exist, no, hit me up just in case. Maybe I haven't heard from anybody. Maybe you're the lucky one to tell me that Ruka fans exist. So, uh, with Jury leaving, Ruka says, I guess I'll fight you instead. Will you accept this challenge? And Utena dies, because she never backs down from a challenge. And Jury asks him what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) And he says that he's going to show Jury what... (laughs) This is such a weird thing that he says for you, Jury, to show you what you look like, the power when you fight. Uh, she says, what are you talking about? Which, same. Also, yes. Rico, what are you talking about? We see them kind of go at it and Jury sees that he is employing the technique that the two of them came up with together. And so she sees... When he's dueling, she sees them both fighting as one and she starts crying because it's beautiful, I guess. And Utena and Ruka are dueling still and Toga says, Ruka, you have to stop. If you fight any longer, you'll... And then with great uh, dramatic timing, Ruka drops his sword and falls to the ground, clutching his chest, stomach... Vaguely, it doesn't, we never really actually see what it is he grabs when he's like having a fit or whatever, but Mm -hmm. Jury uh, runs after Ruka's falling body and asks him what's wrong and Toga says not to move him and we see that Ruka took off his own rose and they're like, why did you do that? And he's like, who knows why? Perhaps I glimpsed a moment of eternity. Even if I didn't win the duel, I knew I'd won the power to revolutionize the world. That's not that's not how that works. You have to win the duel to get <laughs> the the power. Those are the rules. Unless this world is jury. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, it's true because he says, she says, what do you mean? And he says, it's here. The power is right here. He's pointing at her boobs. He says, it's in your heart. Oh, I guess, yeah. Uh, what's behind the boob is the heart. It's in your heart, Jury. And each ear, in each tear that falls. But Ruka, I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to say. And then tearful moment as she cries over his body question mark i mean like body in the literal sense but also like dead question mark um we cut to an unforeseen next day and uh toga has some flowers and he runs into jury and she says you off on a date and he says no come walk with me she asks if he's heard from ruka 
he's in the hospital again, isn't he? He didn't want to tell me anything. He's always like that, going without saying a word. He never considers the feelings of those he leaves behind. Toga says, I don't know about that. There may be times when it's kinder to leave without a word, if it hurts too much, if it's too much to bear. That's not true. That's bad advice from Toga Mm -hmm. Kiryu. That could be its own segment. Bad (laughs) advice with Toga Kiryu. We just like take literally anything Toga's ever said. Yeah, literally anything that he says. Bad advice with Toga Kiryu. But yeah, um, no, listeners, don't do that. Don't leave without saying things to people unless, okay, there are reasons to do that. But not because you are sad that you have to say goodbye. Just do it. Closure's the best thing. Yeah. You don't want to just, like, leave somebody without saying anything. Like, how would you feel if somebody did that to you? Just don't do it. Toga continues to say, for example, if Ruka knew that he didn't have long to live, if he found out that the person he cared about most was in pain and with only a little time left, he decided to do whatever he possibly could to help her. If you were he, would you tell her how you felt? Yes. Would you want her to love you back only to go for good? I mean, she already, you already, we start at the premise that, like, she was in love with him or whatever, so it's not like, I don't Anyway, wouldn't it be better to leave without a word? No, as I obviously just said. It gets a little telenovela-y. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We I, see like a headshot of Ruka. What if Ruka had one last wish? Quote, I'd give up the last days of my life to see Juri fight again in all of her glory. Wait, hold on. Are you saying if Ruka had one shot, one opportunity? Stop! Stop! I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> new amp before this moment purple were you going to say something well i maybe i should wait until the end because i I was i don't know i just i'm trying so hard not to be a horrible person and laugh at this it's in it's dramatic in that way that ends up coming off funny because it's so <sighs> It's so savvy. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's a telenovela. When I saw her tears for me, I knew that I'd hold that moment in my heart forever. Even if I am to die, please don't tell Jury. <laughs> and then Jury says, no, I don't believe it. It's not true. Ruka is alive. I can feel it in my heart. Then she says, he'll be back someday. And she walks off and we see a flashback of Ruka talking to Toga saying, even if you tell her, I bet she won't believe it. That's my jury for you. I don't, I don't understand that either. <laughs> this chapter's weird, y'all. I didn't like, as a whole thing, I didn't like hate it, but... Like, on a scale of, like, one to the prelude chapter for the manga, like, I would say it's maybe about, like, like a four or a five, with one being, like, not angry and prelude being the most angry I could possibly be at this manga. I would say it's, like, a four or five, but, like, so much of it I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be angry at it when it's so, it kind of, parts of this, it crosses the border into just like, you just have to, I just have to laugh. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, Ruka gets told off by jury and then he just goes, guess I'll die. 
That's literally the what I was thinking the entire time was that meme. Oh god, I need to. It's literally that meme. I need to make that meme, but with Ruka's face on it. I feel like that's pro. If someone hasn't made that before, I would be pretty shocked. Because that's basically the end of Ruka's story in every version of it. Yeah, pretty much. Except, like, sources on the internet seem to think that it's unconfirmed that Ruka dies. I feel like both versions of the story are, like... I mean, it's not, like... They don't say, like, oh, he died, definitely, like, out like that. But they imply pretty heavily that... He he did in fact die. Yeah. I don't feel like that was that ambiguous. Me neither. Like, did we just like cross over into Kingdom Hearts? Oh no. Or like, if you just believe that they're alive out there somewhere, it just has to be true. I mean, maybe well, he's. Well, nah. I think they had his obituary in the game. Um, oh wait, really? <laughs> wait, what? Really? Well, it had. It doesn't show the article, but it has this kind. It's kind of like obituary shaped. And it has okay. this picture. So I just assumed it was this obituary. Oh, I like that. I like that theory. That's interesting. Oh, wait. I just remember it's too early in the canon. Yeah, because it's before Black Rose. And in the anime, he doesn't come in until Black Rose. Yeah. Never mind then. He's still alive. I guess he, they just have an article on him for whatever reason. Maybe they have an article about the fact that he's dying. <laughs> that would be weird. Nobody reads it because nobody reads the uh, uh, newspaper, and that's why uh, that's why the Shadow Girls are the newspaper. Um, oh yeah, they yeah, act they out the newspaper because <laughs> nobody reads it. So how else are they going to get people to pay attention? You make a fair case. Speaking of theories, you were going to tell us more about your theory from earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I went back real quick um, to see how Jury dueled Utena earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, because what happened was that she Jury went up to duel with Utena, and I think it may have may have been the first duel or something, but um, it was definitely... Yeah, I think it may have been the first duel after Utena got, like, anti-sword and all that. And hmm. uh, at least I remember her, like, describing it like, oh, I don't know um, how to do this. I guess I do it like that. And then when she gets Power of Dios, and, and then she's just like, wow, everything seems so clear. And that was how, like, Jury lost, um, was through the Power of Dios. And so I was thinking that... Hmm. What Ruka was doing was acting like Dios with Utena and and kind of putting it jury into the exact same situation is having her fight Utena, except in this way, she actually knows who the person that Utena is like embodying is, but like jury still loses. Um, So I, I think Ruka was trying to act like a kind of dios, a kind of prince in that kind of way. Especially, I like this theory. Yeah, like especially when he's like they're getting the um like the move that they like do together. Mm-hmm. And um and I think the goal was to enact her own kind of dios with that move where they have that shared move together against Dutena, mm-hmm. but that never happens. So Ruka tries to do it instead. Okay, Alice, what do you think? I can I can see that sort of the parallel there between those two kind of setups with the kind of the 
I don't know, point. I was going to say power up, but that feels a little silly to say. <laughs> I mean, this is a sports manga. I mean, everything would be better as a sports manga. But no, I can see it. I actually kind of like that. Like, I, I, I like looking at this as an attempt to give Jury that kind of weird apotheosis moment where she has to sort of take in, take in something from beyond herself. Yeah, I like this theory a lot, and I can definitely see it. I kind of got like some. I got some feelings similar to that when I was reading it, but I hadn't really uh, fleshed it out very much. So I think that that's neat and I accept it as an explanation for that scene in the manga. Yeah, I still don't know what was going on at the end, though. It's very weirdly written, even for like the manga which is already pretty weird. Yeah, like, just, that that was, uh, the ending is pretty much what I have a lot of issue with, with the chapter. Because, I mean, Ruka is an asshole, but it kind of is standard. But the whole thing with the ending is that he really doesn't really portray what he really wants to get across. And it's kind of weird to have this guy who seems to really know who jury is and how she'll react and yet still act in a way in which in which is it just doesn't make any sense to her even though it's pretty obvious that he's trying to get something across and and like i guess it would make sense if it was like handled better but the way it was handled it makes it weird for even us who are who's reading it so yeah. it just it just like, I can see, like, it could just be him getting really anxious and really wanting to prove something and, like, not being completely in his right mind and then pushing himself beyond himself. But, like, just the way that it was handled, it just feels really arbitrary and it, it, it lost its kind of power that it probably wanted to convey. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I can as well. I can see that reading. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say about this? I don't really know that there's much to say. <laughs> yeah. We said we probably would, except that, like, honestly, this is probably not the best of the, the manga chapters. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I haven't read the... It's definitely not the worst, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, listeners, I found out that there's more chapters of the manga than I thought earlier today i found that out so i guess i have more manga i thought was this was going to be our last manga episode and turns out not the case but i haven't read the other two manga chapters but one of them is curry hide trip and let me see what the name of this x files one is it's not actually x files guys that's i i don't want to disappoint anybody it's about choo-choo and it's three little adventures that he goes on campus x-files the three wishes a revolutionary girl utana special it's very cute um yeah so we're gonna have to read those alice you have read those i've definitely not no i've definitely not read those they're in the back of the first volume of the two volume manga set that we have so I might have read those, except that I guess I should probably confess that I actually read the end of the manga before I got to the end of the, of the, of the anime on accident. Yeah, I remember you messaging me about that. Because the end of the book was actually the movie manga. Yeah. So you, and you thought you had I more thought to go. I thought that was the end, and so I thought I had more to go. And I was like, whoops. Oh, well. Eh. 
I mean, they're pretty different enough that I feel like it probably didn't actually hamper your experience with the finale of the show. No, not at all. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, you just remembered that the end of Uthana exists, don't you? I know. Uh, I just <laughs> thought about us crying into our microphones. By the way, since we have you on the air, Verbal, um, did you, did you, how, on a scale of like one to ten, how teary-eyed or distressed were you watching the end of Uthana for the first time? That's the thing we should ask people. I can't yeah. remember. Really? Uh, I'm very bad at remembering stuff like that, but like as that's fair actually. Yeah. As you can tell from what I said earlier, I definitely came across um, having a very depressed viewing of like view of the ending for a long while. So mm-hmm. yeah, for at least a year or two afterwards, I did show my friends, and they had a. I think they had a better ending reaction <laughs> than I did because. Um. I curious, why do you think it is that you had such a negative reaction to the ending when you first saw it? If you, I mean, I know that's kind of a big question. <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, Utena was really the first um, series in which I actually paid attention to details. Like, you have to realize that the majority of the content that I read was shoujo. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really tropic and kind of shallow. Um, at least the stuff that I like. And so I kind of took things at face value. And Utena was really my first, like, view into actually looking at something, um, and, like, appreciating the details and, like, the kind of things behind it, um, not looking at things at face value. So I think that's probably why I, I took it, um, like that at first was because I wasn't really looking deep into it. I see, Yeah. Did did your opinion change upon, like, watching it more, or was it just, like, reflecting on it over time? Um, kind of watching it more, and also reflecting on it. I mean, to to edit AMVs, you kind of have to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense, yeah. And also, I was, um, I was, I was lurking a lot in the fandom, like, on the Rose Garden forum, um, yeah, I think around that moment, I may have also been looking at the empty movement Tumblr. Um, gosh, I wrote through the entire thing, shitpost and all. Um, <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, I, I was obsessed with the show, um, so I had a lot of fandom content, and I think that helped change like my cool. ideas about everything. Yeah. My videos tend to reflect um, theories. There's this one that I made of Wakaba, and that was actually a reflection of um, what you guys were talking about with, like, the duelists and how they probably remember something of it. Um, And so that video was kind of like a reflection. Like, it was kind of like the duel is Wakaba um, thinking, like, she's thinking about it on her way home. Like, that entire thing is just something that she's thinking about. And it's in her head or something like that. So, yeah. so really, it's it's just it just kind of changes um, on like what I read and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, okay, I get you. Yes, I, I'm I'm really thankful to this fandom for all the theories that they have. Yeah, boy, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that people are still coming up with new shit, but lo and behold, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it it truly is impressive how robust and active the Utena fandom continues to be, even twenty plus years later. Yeah, I'm. It's really good, and it seems to be making more of a comeback, especially on Twitter. Yeah, the uh, after the twentieth anniversary, I feel like things really started to pick up, and I think Sarah's and Mai has probably also reinvigorated Ikahara interest. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, are you're watching Sarah's and Mai too? Aren't you? Yeah, and I'm doing episodic AMVs, and it's probably gonna kill me. But you know what? Wow, what awesome! That's great. Yeah, that is very cool. Okay. Yeah, I have the first two episodes up now. Um, I'm trying to do it by um, the Crunchyroll release for yeah. f- free users. So when episode four comes out, um, the same day I'll put up episode three and so on. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, I guess we can wrap things up if we don't have any closing remarks. Or if we do, we can say them and then we can wrap up. Anyone have anything to say before we close out? think we're good yeah i don't really have anything either stand if jury you, i guess stand jury that's yeah. that's a good place to end <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on twitter you can do that at utinacast if you'd like to follow me on twitter you can do that at impandanata if you'd like to check out other things i do in the world of podcasting you could check out the fresh podcast market a real podcast about fake podcasts and Puella magi modica magicast a podcast that i edit which is about the anime Puella Magi Modica Magica also has uh, aforementioned cursed recurring characters in the Imagine Me and Utena verse, Geo and Yasha. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L Y R E W U L F. Is is that it? Do you have other plugs? So we, I do have another plug and a little bit of a, new, a bit of news. Lily Academy is still going to happen. We did lose our recordings when my laptop was stolen. Yes. Um, so we are still working on that. I'm not sure when these episodes are coming up, but at this current time, we need to re-record those. So. I believe in you. Believe in the me that believes in you. I do believe in the you that believes in the me that believes in you that believes in me. <laughs> uh, Purpled, if you so wish to be found, where could people find you online? I'm on Twitter at GraysonLife. Uh, life with a two eyes um, because I made a typo and I'm gonna own it. <laughs> um, and also you can find my AMV YouTube channel at Purple's AMV and stuff. Um, so that's where you can find me, really. And that's where people can find your Utena AMVs as well. Yep. Um, Excellent. Everybody, definitely go check those out. Yes, please. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on Tumblr, you could do that at imaginemeandutina.tumblr.com. If you would like to email us, you do that at imaginemeandutina at gmail.com. You can use any of our social media or our emails to get in touch about uh, coming on an episode or giving us feedback about things that we've said or haven't said or that you want us to say. Um we are a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find that pretty much anywhere you can find us online. And that, I believe, is it for us. Thank you for joining me tonight, guys. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Bye.